Hi, I'm your host, Rowan Tonkin, and welcome to Being Planful, the show for FPNA leaders and planning experts. Hi, everyone. Welcome to FPNA Fridays. Uh, today, I am just joined by the uh, irresistible Glenn Snyder. Uh, Glenn and myself will be hosting today's FPNA Fridays. We've got a really interesting topic, which is how do you stay up to date with all the new tips, techniques, tricks? How do you stay current and stay learning? And uh, I think this is a, a really great time for this type of topic. You know, people will hopefully have some downtime over Thanksgiving and over the holiday period. Maybe not all those FPNA practitioners who are in the midst of annual planning. And, and that then brings me to the next topic. Glenn, how do you do this when you are, you know, working 70, 80, even 100 hour weeks? How, how do you stay on top of new thinking? Well, there's a couple of different ways. I mean, new ideas. First of all, you have to recognize New ideas can't come from you. I mean, don't rephrase that. They can, but you want new ideas to be coming from outside influences and other sources. So that means either you have to spend time going out and doing things like networking, attending conferences. That stuff takes a lot of time. And when you're working 70 hours a week, kind of hard to do that. The other way to do it is to use the people that you work with every day bounce ideas off of them, recognize that they have different backgrounds, different perspectives, invite them into meetings, challenge them to come up with new ideas. And for anyone who's ever worked for me, they know I love being next to a whiteboard because anytime that we are talking about doing something, to me, you whiteboard it out. You put every idea, no matter how ridiculous it sounds, up on the whiteboard and you talk through it and you make sure that before you start the project, you're going down the right path. So that to me has always been a great way when you could go over, if you're doing, I'll use you as an example. If I'm doing a project for, you know, for the marketing group on doing something on how can we be more cost-effective in our marketing spend? Well, if finance is doing that by themselves, you're gonna completely miss the boat. You need to have some marketing people in there, but maybe you need to have some salespeople in there too to say, well, here's what marketing has been more effective that we've seen. And now you start pulling people from different perspectives and asking those questions to make sure you're getting those ideas that you're not able to come up with on your own. I, I love it. I think, you know, building it as part of your, um, your project-based work or, you know, if you've been given an initiative, which in that case is let's go and, uh, let's go and investigate, you know, uh, opportunities to improve marketing spend. And if you make it a part of the process to, to do some upfront education, uh, gather input from other functions, other organizational leads, then it might lead you to uh, different you know, lines of questioning or experimentation or different ways of doing the analysis than you may have had just walking in, right? I don't think, you know, the, the old adage is uh, you learn something new every day, every day is a school day. And, you know, that can only be true if you're with other people or trying to surface information, right? If you just spend your day at home and, you know, disconnect from everything and, you know, sit, sit down, then you're not going to really probably learn anything new. You have to engage that level of curiosity. Something that I found successful for myself is just making it a bit more habitual, right? How do you, um, how do you make learning just part of your routine? 
Um, so for me, that's every morning I wake up, my kids wake me up, I get them breakfast ready or my wife gets some breakfast ready, sit down and have a coffee. And I generally try and do some reading. I go online, but I'm, I'm doing that with a, what can I kind of, what little rabbit hole can I go down for 15 minutes, right? Um, and I try and find whether that's newsletters that I enjoy reading, like go and read a newsletter. Um, and then if I find myself more curious about something, then I'll go down that rabbit hole, you know, find my time for a podcast, right? Uh, Everyone who's listening already is listening to to podcasts. So give yourself a little pat on the back. You're already doing this just by sitting here and listening to Glenn and myself talk about this scenario. And um, that's really important is just how do you go and find opportunities to listen to new thinking and, and, even something like following certain folks on, on LinkedIn, right? Um, you know, you're, we're, there's so much media out there today. If you, if you want to curate your own following list, then you'll find new ideas really quickly because uh, people love to talk about the, the things that they found. Yeah, you know, I look at it, I take a little different approach. Uh, for me, I always have in my office, I have on my whiteboard, of course, I have my, here's a list of all my different projects. And the first thing I do every single morning when the computer's booting up is I go and I look at those projects. And I think about what do I need to be thinking about? Where am I at? What am I going to be doing? And who do I need to start talking to to start making sure I get the right perspective? So that's one thing to be thinking on engaging with other people. The other thing that I do is I try and make it a point, especially you know back in the day before COVID, when we would all be physically in an office, I tried to go out to lunch every day and pick a different person from a different area. You get to know them, you bounce ideas off them, but then the more you build up that relationship, the more you start to trust each other and can really share and, and share ideas. So the other thing is that sometimes you're not always thinking, go out to lunch with someone internal, but also external. Companies you used to work at, maybe somebody on LinkedIn who you want to connect with and you reach out to them and say, hey, I've been very impressed. I saw this article that you wrote or I was at this event and you were speaking. I'd love to take you out to coffee or lunch sometime. And you propose things like that. The more you can engage with people to me one-on-one and really share ideas, all of a sudden it just really opens up possibilities. But the biggest thing that you have to do is you have to open your mind to those new ideas. If you go in and you're a leader who says, hey, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. I know exactly what I'm doing. I could do this in my sleep. You're not looking for those new ideas. And the first thing you need to say is, I could always improve. I can always get better. And I need to start looking and finding ways on how do I make things better? How do I take that next step? Because I don't have the answers to everything. Yeah, there's a um, there's a learning expert um, out there. His name is Jim Quick. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Q I K Q W I K, and he has this really excellent system uh, for for meetings and and conversations, which is to um, you know at the end of each meeting, look at your notes, and uh, and then say you know what did I just learn, you know how can I use this. And then the final question is, when will I use this? And at the end of that meeting, if you say, when will I use this? Go and schedule that time in whatever your task management system is. If that's a, if that's a, a task tracker, then write something in it. If that's your calendar, go and book the, book the time, right? And then uh, I, I've 
internally, I've used this methodology with my team and then I've added a, a, a fourth one, which is who else needs to know, right? That's good. Um, yeah. Because, you know, generally, like one of the big challenges with learning and sharing insights is you forget to tell other people about the stuff that you're working on. Um, and, and so the who else needs to know is just that final trigger to say, oh, if I learned something in a meeting, I should probably tell some other people because maybe they they weren't in the same meeting, especially now that we're, you know, in this environment of all being remote, we're all in these little kind of parts of the meeting universe and all in different Zoom rooms, right? right. Um, so, so that is a really important one for me, like to make sure that I'm not only um, learning myself, but sharing what I'm learning and why with other folks. And, and that, um, that really helps you, you learn, not forget. Yeah, you know, let me, I'm going to take that one step further. What I like to do is if I'm in a meeting and I'm learning something new or I'm, I'm hearing from somebody for the first time, usually after that meeting, I ping that person and say, hey, you know what, can we set up a regular one-on-one? I'd love to get to know you more. I want to get to understand where you're coming from. And it's those one-on-one meetings. And it doesn't, people always think, okay, I got a lot of meetings on my calendar as a finance business partner. I have my business partners I have to meet with. But you need to have relationships with people all over the country, all over the company, whether or mm -hmm. not you directly support them uh, and, and to just go and start engaging with people because their their business may connect into your business partner's business in a way that you might not be aware. And now you become that much more insightful. Once again, it's where do the new ideas come from? And they oftentimes come from people who you would not normally expect to engage with when you start engaging with them, now all of a sudden it's just, wow, never thought of it from that angle before. And that's what we honestly try and tell our business partners. I can't tell you how many times I've had a conversation with a marketing leader or a sales leader or operations leader and trying to explain to them why finance should be in the meetings with them. It's because we're going to come from a different perspective to make sure you're looking at whatever you're trying to solve from every possible angle. And if we're making that argument to get ourselves in the meeting, why aren't we inviting others into our meetings as well? Yeah, I like that. You know, it's a, a collaboration is is a two way street. Uh, yes. So, you know, if you want to be participating on one side, then also you know make sure that you're you're reciprocating, right? Um, so let's talk about where do you get new ideas, right? Uh, or or kind of um, you know different channels. So for me, one of my habitual um, things is podcasts um so should be no surprise to the host of a podcast that i like listening to pod podcasts but i really enjoy them just because it allows me to completely you know i put my headphones on and i tune out from my surrounds and i like i'll either go on a walk or or just sit down and and the audio for me is something that really triggers my brain and, and allows my mind to wander with, Oh, I wonder about this. I wonder about that. I wonder, you know, like, Oh, this is, that's an interesting train of thought. How does that impact me without really having to do too much? Right. It allows my mind to wander. And I think that's also something really important for listeners is you, you've also got to just take the time to be present in whatever way you're learning. Right. Because you know, we have all done it. We've sat on webinars and we've been completely distracted and we're watching or doing something else and you just don't take anything in. So for me, newsletters, like I love signing up to new newsletters because then 
um, I get information just via email. And if I've got the time, I'll go down or I can remind myself later. And, uh, and, and physical books. Yes. I still love to go on Amazon and buy a physical book and, and read it and, you know, just digest it. And I don't get through every single book um, that I buy, but they're there and I might skim a few chapters and learn something new. And then if I'm really enjoying the topic, I, I dive into it. So they'd be my personal preferences. What about yours, Glenn? Well, Obviously a, people and lunches. Yes. I mean, so I'm a big physical book person. I mean, you can see the bookcase behind me. There's another one off camera. So, you know, I'm, I very much like physical books. Uh, you know, I try and read like a chapter a night before I go to sleep. Uh, so to me, and, and when you're reading those books, it's the ones that, I, that really hit home for me are around leadership. How do you go to a whole new level? And it's when you're reading that and you could start seeing yourself and saying, what have I done that's similar? What have I done that's different that I should be changing? And really be very introspective about that. But the other thing that I really like is that personal interaction. I love going over and asking people about different things. And what's really funny is I'm not talking about, oh, I want to go up to other FP&A people or go talk to the CFO. Yes, I mean, of course, I'm going to be engaging in people like that. But I like to go out to people who have access to information that I wouldn't normally have. I've made some contacts over at Gartner, for example. So when I'm going over and I'm thinking, hey, wait a second, I need to, you know, we need to upgrade a system or I need to find a new consultant for, or I need to come up with a better process for this. I'll reach out to the people I know at Gartner and say, have you guys done any research on this? Anything you could share? And now all of a sudden I'm getting market surveys and other things that they're doing. And the people at Gartner have been just fantastic to work with and they're sharing ideas. But then you also go onto other forums where you could go to, uh, places, I mean, Planful, I know has this, but many, many software companies have a forum for users to just go and throw an idea out there. I'm trying to solve X, Y, and Z. Has anyone else run into this issue? And you see where that stuff comes back from. Uh, Gartner actually acquired a company that was called the uh, executive, something executive, uh, something executive board, CEB, anyway, I can't yep. remember. But uh, anyway, they, that was, they had a forum like that. And I used to, when I was at Charles Schwab, I used to go in all the time and you say, I'm trying to find a way that I could create a more efficient forecast for this. Or how do I go over and connect marketing awareness to revenue? Is there any, you know, those types of things where it's like, I, I don't really know what the right answer is. And you throw it out there and just people in the community come back with various ideas. Some are good, some are not. And the ones that are good, they still may not solve your issue. But it's a place to start that starts getting you thinking in a different way. Yeah. And, and that's the, uh, you know, I think that openness to thinking, right. Like, like that curiosity, uh, I think, you know, most, most listeners to a podcast like this have probably heard of Steve Jobs's famous stay curious uh, speech, uh, graduation speech. I think that's so true. And, and, um, if you're not naturally a, an intellectually curious person, you have to force yourself to be curious, right? And and create little systems for yourself um, in order to do that. So if you have a recognition that, hey, you know, just naturally curiosity isn't my thing, like um, then try and figure out how can you do that? Use a system like the, the Jim Quick system or use a system like, like Glenn said, you know, force yourself to have lunch with people um, 
you know, more frequently and let that come organically and they might recommend things for you, but be very intentional about it because if you're not intentional about it, it will never happen regardless of what, uh, what you're, you're trying to do, unless you have really high levels of curiosity. Um, I've done some of those kind of demographics and I, I have natural curiosity, so I don't really need the systems personally. Um, but if, you know, for those that, that, that aren't just naturally curious people, always ask yourself those questions. What is this information about? How is it relevant to something else? What could I do with this? Um, because if, if you don't ask yourself those questions and you just consume the information, then, uh, then nothing will come of it. Uh, and you won't experiment with new ideas and new ways of working or new ways of doing things. Uh, so I'm actually, I 100% agree with you, but I think, I mean, and it's kind of funny because you're a marketing person. You are naturally more on the creative thinking you know, side. As a finance person, most of us are not, right? And so, but to me, creativity is one of those aspects of, one of those aspects that, that is just really overlooked in finance. Because the only way you solve a problem that no one else has been able to solve is be, by being creative. And mm -hmm. I'm gonna, this is gonna sound a little funny, but when I was a kid growing up, I used to rearrange my room all the time. You know, I'm gonna try my bed over here, I'm gonna move my desk that way or whatever. And I was constantly moving things around. Great exercise anyway, right? Um, and, but I actually realized that I needed to be more creative. And the thoughts actually entered my head. What if I put the chair on the ceiling? How would that work? Well, clearly that would not be a good place to share. <laughs> okay, fine. But I went over and I, I told myself, nothing is out of bounds. Think about all the possibilities. And when you start eliminating things, then you say, okay, fine, that doesn't work, that doesn't work. But then all of a sudden you come up to, hey, I can't eliminate these different options. Let me go down this a little further. And we as finance people, we could always take a look at a report, a budget process, you know, forecast, a model, whatever, and say, how can I do this better? What would make it better? And just say, forget about the constraints that you put on yourself. Don't think about the system you work in. Don't think about the people you have or the timeframes or anything. And just say, how can this be better? And start throwing things against the wall and see what sticks. And then you get, you invite other people into that conversation and you debate it. To me, that's where you go over and you, you create this curiosity about how do I do something in a better way? And you bring that creativity and now all of a sudden you're challenging yourself to go to a whole new level. And so as an introvert, I think that is an easy way to kind of get that ball rolling. Yeah. And, and, you know, they, I think the term they have for that is that first principles thinking, right. Uh, which is if I was to go and design this now with what I know now, how would I do it versus it's the way we've always done it. Right. Like, um, so if you challenge the assumption that, hey, this may not be right. So there's an option to improve it or there's an option to break it all down and rebuild it. Generally, the more creative people will say, well, let me just go through the whole rebuild process, right? And what could I do if I just completely disregarded all known modalities like gravity uh, by putting <laughs> the chair on the roof, right? <laughs> hey, you, can, um, you can nail it to the ceiling, it'll stick. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you definitely could. Um, let's say, but, you know, like, let, let me break that down. And, and now you can come up and say, well, actually, you know, these 10 things could be completely eliminated from this process or this solution if I, if I started from, from scratch. And 
you may find that that is a far easier option than trying to improve that something's already built too. Well, right. I mean, if you were to go over and build a house, is it easier to start from nothing and build a house or take an existing house and start changing things like the walls and the foundation? It might be easier. In some cases, it's going to be easier to build it from the ground up. If you're trying to build a three-story you know, mansion or whatever, maybe not. Maybe if you could start with a three-story mansion, you could tweak, that might be easier. So different things come up in different situations. But one of the rules that I always had was every single year in January, I would go over and make sure everybody, every business partner talks to, every finance business partner talks to their end users about the reports that were being done within FPNA and say, what do you like that you don't want to change? What don't you like that we need to improve? What are we not doing that we should start doing? And what are we doing that we should stop? And you yeah. ask those four questions. Because at the end of the day, you're not producing a report for the sake of producing a report. You're doing it because someone on the other end, the recipient, is going to use that to make a decision. So it's really about how it's useful to them. But if you could go over and you challenge yourself to say, I need to get better at this every single year. The business is changing. If I'm not changing and coming up with those new ideas, I'm going to fall behind the business. So how do you do that? You've got to engage and get that feedback. And once again, that's having those conversations, those one-on-one discussions. Yeah, and that um, that's a very creative exercise, right? Which is, okay, let's assume that everything we have in place today is not perfect and let's go and uh, challenge that. And, and also, again, removing any assumptions, right? Which is what's working? Okay, we'll just keep doing that. What's not working, i.e. I'm doing, you know, maybe your, your team are spending, you know, five hours on a report and no one ever looks at it, <laughs> right? It's so funny how often that is like, oh, well, we, we've always done this report and it turns out like something's changed in the business. No one ever looks at it. And it's like, you've just been wasting, you know, you may have done that for 12 months. There's 60 hours, right? Um, you know, and, and that happens all the time. It's, uh, it's kind of scary sometimes. It's like, yeah. always challenge yourself. Why is that report even being produced? Who uses it? What are they, what insights do they get from it? Well, and sometimes it could be, hey, we started doing this report. So for example, uh, one of the companies I worked at, headcount when I joined was a complete mess. So I started doing a, a headcount listing for every business unit. Here's who is in your cost center to making sure that they're seeing it on a monthly basis and we're correcting everything. Once the headcount got cleaned up, people weren't really looking at it anymore because they're, oh, you know what? Yeah, you got it right. It's been right for the last several months. And so- yeah. There are times that the report started off for a really good purpose. And then maybe instead of it being monthly, she moved to quarterly, right? And then that frees up two of your month's production. So instead of the 60 hours, you're down to 15 hours, right? Yeah. Something like that. And, but the thing is, if you got to really be asking yourself, how do I do something better? And I will tell you, I mean, you said, go on the assumption that not everything is perfect. What I would say is I've never done anything that is perfect. There is always ways to improve because other people who are using that report will use it for different things and see things in different ways. Now, you as the, the finance person who's in the, you know, producing the reports or designing it or whatever, you need to go and say, how do I do this in the most efficient way? And some people will say, oh, I'd like you to do this. You are like, uh, yeah, that's going to take me like a hundred hours and totally manual to go and put that together. 
just because you ask the questions, remember, it doesn't mean you're committing to it. You just go over and say, I give me your wish list and let's see how much of the wish list we can actually get done. And then the things we can't get done, we'll leave it on the wish list. And as we continue to grow and develop and enhance with our technology, let's see what we could incorporate there as well. But the whole thing is, is that you don't know unless you engage and you talk. And once again, bring it back to, that's where the new ideas have to come from. Yeah, hundred percent, Glenn. I think you know, new ideas never come from um, you know just that lack of curiosity, right? And and so you have to be in in that place. And and finally, you know, I think you said it at the very start. You have to be open to new ideas, yes. right? Because if if you're not open to doing anything differently then you may as well not listen to a podcast or read a newsletter or, you know, go on LinkedIn, right? If your assumptions and your mental map of the world is super fixed, uh, then, you know, there's no point in, in even kind of having that, 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 that conversation with yourself. Uh, and for those that may be in that world, go and read a book by Adam Grant called Think Again, a uh, really interesting book uh, on how to actually change people's minds uh, and, and the way that you can do that. Well, I, I also think that when you're working in a dynamic environment and everybody, I don't care if your business is 200 years old, you still are in a dynamic environment because the markets are changing and other things are, are changing. Don't be one of those horses that you see in Central Park with the blinders that are up there so that they can't, there's no peripheral vision, right? You gotta recognize that you need to see what's going on in your environment. And if you are going through saying, I'm finance, I produce budget variance analysis, I do budgets, I do forecasts, I'll do a model when I'm asked. If that's all you're thinking your job is and that's all you're gonna do, you are not gonna be very good in this job. You mm -hmm. need to be going over and not just looking at everything around you, but you need to be turning your head, you need to be you know, spinning around, you know, do a pirouette, do whatever, see things from different angles Otherwise, you're not going to know. You might know what you need to do today, but you're not going to know what you need to do tomorrow. Correct. Well, I, I think you've summed that up perfectly there, Glenn. Uh, I don't have anything to add uh, except the final thing. So for those that are listening uh, all the way to through the end of this, I think you're the people that probably don't need this advice. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, but stay that way, stay engaged, stay curious, um, because it does really help you, uh, improve whatever it is, all aspects of your life, whether that's personally or professionally, um, because, uh, you know, the, the people that kind of challenge the norm and challenge the way things are always done that, you know, they either quickly find out there's a reason why it was always done this way or they've found a new way and the new way is often better. So uh, keep doing that. And, and encourage uh, your teams to do it as well. Don't just think yeah. of it as you as a leader are the ones who do this, but everybody who you work with, encourage them to, to be challenging the norms too. Excellent. Well, thanks everyone for listening to yet another episode of FPNA Fridays. We'll be back uh, soon with, uh, with Glenn Snyder and uh, our usual guest, Chris Ortega. Thanks everyone.